Hello. Hello. And welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. And I'm Herfie Durfee. And this is the first ever musical episode of Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer <laughs> Can podcast. you imagine if we actually did that? Oh, God. Yeah, this would be a podcast if we did that. Oh, randomizer podcast. Randomizer <laughs> podcast. And cut. And scene. <laughs> and the musical portion is over, and now we'll get into talking only with maybe sporadic uh interjections of song <laughs> just the normal basically do we could we do it rhythmically we, we could do it rhythmically oh you know i'm into that i we could definitely do this podcast rhythmically oh, <laughs> or maybe not <laughs> oh guys i have something i have to tell you i wanted to tell you this before we started recording but i think it's it's fine to tell you this on the episode Let's uh, do it. I was I was watching uh it's it was either um ESA that is currently on with the marathon or um, RPG Limit Break is hosting some, I think it was ESA. But uh, either way, I saw someone in chat there uh, called GMP underscore underscore. So uh, I checked out their profile and they're uh, Prince of Persia speedrunner. And uh, they're not a very big streamer, it looks like. They have 33 followers. But um, I thought it was kind of... Yeah, I thought that was kind of fascinating because whenever I read GMP anywhere, I think of Go Mode podcast, obviously. Well, of, and, course, uh, of course, of uh, course. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of funny. I wonder if there will ever be any sort of confusion or interaction between us and the Prince of Persia speedrunner. <laughs> all right, so let's all go ahead and go around the room and say what we think that their GMP stands for. I will start. Um, it's probably like... Gucci Mane Persia King. <laughs> that's that's what I think. What, what do you guys think? Uh, I was thinking question. like Green Man Poo or something, but Green you know, Man Poo. Not like no that. offense to them or anything, because that wasn't intended. But yeah, I just I'm 12 and uh, P and Poo instantly came to mind. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, also, you have a baby, so oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Herf. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just thought it, maybe because he's a Prince of Persia speedrunner, it's he's the Grand Master of Persia. Mm, yeah, that's good. Or maybe that's like his nickname now. Like he got good at Prince of Persia and he's like, GMP initially was just my initials, but now I'm the Grand Master of Persia. Yeah, Prince of Persia. maybe. maybe. Who, who knows? I really don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> I like that well, they thank you for this the report. two underscores you said that <laughs> they mm-hmm. had. It yeah. makes it even harder mm. for Twitch to like have them show up in the uh, in the search function. In the search as results, yeah. As we've learned with right. Temp, and we've learned, I learned with a couple of dance game people that had a uh, underscore at the end of their name. Like they they never showed up until they changed their name. It was crazy. I guess. You know, I guess that's probably on purpose to try to, like, if you wanted a name and you couldn't get it and you got an underscore, it's, like, purposely pushing you down so that you don't confuse people. I never really, never really, yeah, I don't maybe. know about that. Before. It's possible. I, I just think probably, it's a bug. <laughs> it's pro- yeah, it's probably just shoddy coding yeah, where the underscore escapes something or they forgot to escape the underscore and that's why it's ignored in search results or something. Well, y'all would definitely know better than me if that was the situation. So, 
Anyway, I need to change my Twitch profile name. Should we talk about ALTTPR? Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and start with that main tournament. Uh, that is sort of the talk of the town these days, as it were. Again, we're uh, you know as as we did last time, we don't really want to get into the specifics because people are still in groups. You know, we could talk about like who's going through and who's eliminated, but you can check out the challenge yourself. Really, more interested in following those brackets, which will be beginning or have already begun if you're as as you're listening to this. So we will talk about those a lot more in the next episode. But for now, let's get our ground floor analysis. Dante, how are things going for you? Uh, this week's been pretty solid, just because. I managed to uh, win 2-0 again over Boulder, and um, that uh, that gave me a whole week off, which I thoroughly I did enjoy oh, nice. that break from from Rando. Even though I did play, I think I played some cross keys ladder, but you know it's it's not standard hard mode, so it, it's a plus. That's like a vacation for you. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean I've had a couple, I've had fun watching some of the races. Uh, very relaxed this week and. Also, uh, I did commentary for one, uh, and it was a it's pretty good match. But I think from what, <clears throat> from my personal experience, from what I understand, uh, my opponent is either going to be one of two people. We're waiting for those results. We'll have these when this is live, but as it stands at this very moment, uh, it's either going to be Waterloo or Ninjimbro. It kind of just depends mm-hmm. on how things shake out. I think in an in the Ninjimbro top life match. So, uh, yeah, I mean, either way, looking forward to it. Obviously, you know, 128 is really tough and 64 going to be even tougher. And as it gets further, it'll get even tougher, you know, this, as we've said a thousand times. So um, should be a whole lot of fun uh, looking forward to the final stage. So either I can get knocked out or we can start wrapping up one way or the other. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. Well, good luck to you. Um, you know, if, if there's anyone I know that could pull it off, I believe it's you. So we'll be, we'll be rooting for you and, uh, we'll look forward Just to the next update. Nobody put me as like top four in your predictions. Okay. You guys <laughs> did that last year and that worked out really well for you and me. So just don't do that. No one believe in me and then maybe it'll happen. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You, you need to play the anti-hero to really be at your most effective. <laughs> Love it. So uh, I did see some recommendations for races. Uh, one was posted in our Discord and got a lot of chatter. I, I actually have not watched this yet. My life has been crazy the last several days, uh, so I haven't been able to do a lot of things that I've wanted to do. But I am really looking forward to checking out Jay Coper versus Julo Ninja. I think this was their game two, if it, I'm not mistaken. The one we'll put, that everyone was yeah, hype we'll, about was game one. Okay, game one is what this is then. So we'll put a link to this in the description. I hope to be able to watch it uh, at some point during the weekend. So uh, everyone definitely check that out. And then there was another one I actually got a chance to check out. I just had a few minutes to watch. This was Mac Inks versus Akir. And this was their match one. So I'll put a link to that in the description. Um, not much to say about it other than just it was a good race. It was close and uh, I, I had I had a good time watching it. Um I also wanted to say, I think this is a good time for us to officially put out the call and say, you know, any other race recommendations that you guys have, please share those in our Discord. I'd love to put like a list together that people can reference whenever they do have some time and they want to watch a close race with results that really matter. They can reference that list. Um, So I think that'd be a, a nice resource to have. So go ahead and share those in our Discord under the main tournament 2021 channel. And uh, we'll, we'll put that together for everybody. Any other thoughts? Main tournament? 
Are we moving on? Herf, no, I have I to ask, how mm-hmm. does it feel not adminning this year? Like now that we're at this stage, how, how, how do you feel right now? Mm. Great. It feels good. Uh, <laughs> the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> no, it's not quite that awful, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels weird. I have to say now that I'm not adminning and I'm not super f- closely following the tournament, it, it's really kind of showing me in a weird way how out of touch I am sometimes with Rando because I've I've come to one match with Ak. Uh, it was the Bantha versus Walther match two, I believe it was. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun to watch and it was really close and um, I'm, I'm interested in how it's going and how everyone's doing and all that stuff, but I've also had a pretty crazy week, kind of like Timp, uh, and I've not really watched anything and suddenly the tournament's just kind of flying by me. Like if I look on the challenge or anywhere else, all these matches that have already been played and I've basically missed all of it, it feels like anyways. Hmm. It's yeah. it's definitely interesting, like last year and this year, and I think a lot of that has to do with like matches flying by, just because of the whole GSL like mm-hmm. group stage. Because I think you know when I was getting in the thick of it, and you were you know definitely you know I I think on the admin team then it was like what fall twenty eighteen we had fifteen matches over six weeks or mm-hmm. something. So there was a lot to watch then, and and the tournament just felt like it was dragging already. So you know the the speed run version of the tournament. Uh, high praise you know so yeah definitely I, I feel like it's it's definitely good for the players especially because just having this massive amount of matches to play I mean as as you prove yourself Dante uh, even if there's downtime people are going to play rando if they feel like it but mm-hmm. it's it's still different if you can play it on your own time versus you know having to get 15 matches in in six weeks and Having to figure out all these scheduling conflicts and all yep. the blah 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 and everything—it's—it's it's just no fun for anyone involved. It's, really, it's so much more fulfilling to just play, uh, even if it is a tournament. Um, kind of on your own time, like you were saying, because like, yeah, yeah, you're doing the whole like juggling your schedule around someone else's to try and make a, a like a cohesive time work between the two of you. But mm-hmm. that's so much easier than doing it with uh, like a ton of people over and over and over and over. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it you know that way you get more time to to do more fun things. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, speaking of uh, difficult times <laughs> scheduling things, I have been uh, making my way through the Challenge Cup. I thought that I would uh, be able to tell you that I had two games with Tyler Salt and was eliminated, and just that would be that. But as luck would have it, I pulled out the win this morning to tie the series one to one. Pong. <laughs> it was it was very exciting. Um, Timp uh, Tuesday Timp will update you as soon as I'm done with my recount of this and let you know what happened on Sunday and if I moved on to the brackets or if Tyler Salt did, but. It's been quite a back and forth between the two of us. Uh, the only reason I won this last one, it was a, a dark. It was yeah, Dark World Access was Aga, which I hard last location. I checked everything else that was in Logic, and then when we got to the Dark World, um, uh, Tyler decided to go to Pod with the bow but no hammer. I decided to use the hookshot to go right over to Village of Outcasts right away. And I found the boots in Thieves Town, and things just kind of picked up from there. I was able to find a lot of the things that I needed until I had a hammer go mode, which I kind of like, uh, not kind of, I got super lucky guessing that it was on Blacksmith, um, 
when there was a bunch of other like overworld checks left. So I ended up finishing with about a 130. Uh, Tyler Salt came in with about a 133, uh, 34, something like that. So it was close. Uh, but I pulled it out. Uh, my wife was rooting against me because she doesn't want me to have to schedule these anymore. <laughs> Tyler w- was rooting against me because he was my opponent. And also it was his birthday. Aww. And you were talking about playing the anti-hero and the villain. And that's really how I felt this morning. I literally like evil cackled when I won. I was like, ah, <laughs> nobody wanted me to win. But that I think that's why I won is because like there was is it, it just shouldn't have happened. And that seems to be the only time I can pull it out. So <laughs> hey, with all of that said, Tuesday Tim's going to tell you what happened. So is right this now. where we so. do, is this where we record uh, two different reactions to what happened where we, we cheer or, or we have like the all you know, the, the sad thing? Um, Dancy, normally that would be the case, but I think you could just go ahead and cheer no matter what, because I'm either happy that I won or happy that I don't have to schedule two to three of these matches per week. Tuesday, Tim here coming to you live featuring little baby Noah, who you may or may not hear during this update, but I wanted to let you know what happened during game three of my matches with Tyler Salt. So it was restreamed on the Go Mode podcast Twitch, so I'll put a link to it in the description, but here is the summary. It ended up being an ice rod hunt, a stone cold ice rod hunt, where it and the ice rod ended up being on Bombos tablet, and the book was in Turtle Rock. So Tyler went to Turtle Rock pretty early without the mirror, looking for that ice rod, uh, and I put it off quite a bit. Um, so because of that, I ended up taking game three, which was a total surprise to me. I'm very proud to say that I've made brackets and challenge cup three years in a row even though the last two were kind of gimmies this one i had to really work for so i'm very proud of that um and as i think you all know tyler salt is a uh, is my league teammate uh, on the long shots along with the rusta so good friend of mine um i decided uh, and i decided i was going to do this before the race even started uh, if in the event that i won but i did win and so i decided to during the post-race interview go ahead and bow out of the challenge cup tournament Um, I'll talk more about my decision of why I did this in the next episode. We'll talk about it quite a bit, Um, but I do not regret it at all. I felt like it was time. I was having a lot of time scheduling races, uh, and that's not fair to my opponents. So I'm really looking forward to supporting Tyler Salt, uh, my long shot teammate, as he goes through the Challenge Cup in my stead. I'll definitely be rooting for him. But uh, yeah, so that is what happened. Uh, And like I said, we'll talk a lot more about that on the next episode. All right, Tuesday Tim out. Wow, Nella was really quiet. Yay, good job, Tim. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well, congratulations, Tim, on uh, the outcome of, of your Challenge Cup journey. And uh, also congratulations to NGG's The Tyler Salt. Uh, but yeah, again, kind of same thing with Ch- Challenge Cup. We're not going to go through and look at all the names. When we get to brackets, we will report back in and kind of give you a, an overview of everything that's going on. But uh, for now, we actually have a lot of stuff that has happened in the community in the past couple weeks or so. So I kind of want to speed round a few items here. So I'll lay them out there. You guys give me some comments if you have them, maybe you know, a minute or two uh, to, to comment, and then we'll move on to the next one. Does that sound good? All right. Yeah. All right. So first one, I should have mentioned this in the last episode because technically it was announced early enough, but uh, didn't make it into the outline. Speed Gaming has launched an ALTTPR Fantasy Draft League. 
So I definitely wanted to mention this because, you know, the league season two, we put together Fantasy Draft League. Sir Linkalot was a, a kind of the one that headed that up. And we had a ton of fun with that. So when I found out there was going to be another Fantasy League, I was really excited about it. It looks like they took the same, like, rules, uh, like, point system, the way that players can get points. But basically what they did is instead of drafting players at the beginning and kind of having them play for you, this is an elimination bracket, so that really wasn't going to work. What they ended up doing instead is kind of more like a DraftKings kind of thing, if I'm if I'm not mistaken about how all the fantasy stuff works, where you pick 10 players each bracket week that you think are going to do well, and then their point total is your point total for that week. So I think that's a smart way to do it. I think that's really cool. The reason I didn't get into it is because what they have done is made it a speed gaming... Uh, either Twitch subscriber or patron exclusive. So you have to be one of those. And I am not right now. And also, I just really, I haven't really heard anybody talking about it. Maybe I'm just not hanging out in the Discord channels where people are talking about it, but I don't think I know anyone else who's participating. I haven't looked at the list or anything. And so I kind of missed out on it. And I feel bad about that because it was a lot of fun when we did it before. But um, say la vie, you know? So we'll put a link where you can get involved in that if you're interested. Um, all right, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't really have a lot of thoughts about it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of slipped under the table for me. Um, I, I I mean, I'll be honest. I've got the Speed Gaming Discord. I'm, I'm in it, but I've got the like the everyone pings and stuff like muted. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, you know, I, I heard it was a thing, and then I know that there was a couple people asking about, hey, who ran... League Fantasy, and then we, we told them, you know, Linkalot did it. And now we're, I don't know who's running this, but they're, uh, hopefully it's going good. Hopefully people in it are having fun like you guys did with the Season 2 stuff with League. So um, it's cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wanted to make sure we at least mentioned it because, you know, it's such a direct sequel to something we talked about quite a bit before. But that's that. Number two in the speed round list. So it was recently announced that Sprite Artists will be added to the ALTTPR credits. So an update, uh, an upcoming update to ALTTPR.com will be adding a new field to the credits uh, when you finish the game that displays the name of the author of the sprite that you selected when generating your game. Um, it uses like a short like ASCII author name that you can type in when you like submit the sprite um, to you know be one of the options. So uh, I think that's super cool. I don't think there's probably a whole lot to say about this. It's cool that that's possible to do and that they're going to be doing that. Um, yeah, it's neat. Yeah, I think it's yeah, good cool recognition stuff. for artists, um, you know, just having their name in the credits or something like that. I mean, if we put every single sprite artist in there, it would get really cumbersome. So I'm glad that they've found uh, some tech to make it interchangeable like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very cool. All right, number three, speed round. <laughs> Five-year anniversary of ALTTPR race. So May 30th, 2016 was the very first ALTTPR race to be held on Speedruns Live. So to celebrate five years of ALTTPR racing, the admins are holding a special five-year anniversary race where the very first ALTTPR seed to be raced will be raced yet again. The seed was generated using very early version of the randomizer by Desirect. Uh, a list of details and caveats to be aware of. They're going to provide that, like things that are you know very, very different about the randomizer, which I'm sure there's a lot of those. Um, the race isn't going to be recorded on racetime.gg, so your internet points are safe, Synax said. Um, there will be some restreams. Uh, there's, there, there'll be a main one on Speed Gaming Channel. Probably a lot of like extra channels will get in on it and stream some folks playing it as well. 
Um, the time for this, it's going to be uh, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, May 30th, 2021. That is a jam-packed ALTTPR weekend, as you will soon discover for other reasons. But definitely try to make time for this if you can, because it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. The only thought that I kind of had about this was I love the idea of re-racing a seed that has been raced before, um, which is something that we did to our uh, mentor tournament uh, uh, five through eight crew from 19 to 20. We gave them the same seed that they had raced before. And it was really funny to see how people reacted, you know, similarly or differently. Uh, so for that reason, I think it's really cool to be replaying a seed, but it's also just cool that it's it's like it's like riding a dinosaur, you know, like this thing is this version is so old, it's going to be um, really interesting to see what it looks like. Yeah, I think this is going to be extremely different from us making people replay a seed because I don't think anyone even like remembers what happened in 2016 yeah. or how different sure. the randomizer was. I'm I'm sure that like the boss prices probably aren't even randomized and pendants and crystals are probably not randomized. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to be so different and weird for people who, who have like no idea of what's, what's in there. That's fun. It's going to be cool. Dante, are you going to try to get in on that? Heck no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sundays around that time are terrible for me, but uh, mm. I, honestly, like I would do this if it was, if I, if I was fully free, um, but I I just don't foresee myself being free to do it. I'll I'll look forward to hearing people's recaps of it. Just stuff I've heard about the original Rando. It's like back then it was like the hot stuff. Now it's kind of like resident sleeper, I guess. But it, it I like the idea and the effort that is being put in to uh you know for these anniversary event type things to make happen because it it is a good reminder of where we came from and, you know, started from the bottom. Now we hear as, as the young kids say these days. Absolutely. Started from the bottom. Now the whole team is here. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that's, that's no, I totally agree. Dante. It's yeah. It's great for perspective's sake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like, if I don't forget about it, I'm not, I'm not super hyped about it or anything, but I'd be curious to, to play along just, you know, for the experience again, I, 2016 is like even a bit before my time but yeah. uh it'll it'll be close enough to the first rando seat i ever played to to be interesting again to to get my hands on that yeah i know yeah, a I like lot of people keep like huge libraries of all the seats that they've played over the years but i i just don't really care all that much no S same i, I mean i would play yeah. I, I would play this casually probably but like specifically making to do a race like a race at a specific time uh, that that's why where my heck no I guess came from. But uh, mm. if I if I could get my hands on the seed, I think that would be pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if the time is bad for you, this is like Sunday seven p.m. for me, and that means I'm just you know settled in at home doing nothing basically. So yeah. uh, as I said, if I don't forget about it or have anything else to play, I'll uh, I'll give it a shot maybe. Twitch.tv/herfydurfy. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Y'all better be following, at the very least. At the very least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, so the last thing that I wanted to mention in our speed round here is uh, re- I received a message from a friend of the show, Matt Cap, uh, and they were requesting that we let folks know about the newly announced Speed Gaming Espanol ALTTPR tournament. So we're more than happy to oblige. I'm, I'm happy to share that link, talk a little bit about it. So the link to uh, get in on all that, we're going to have several links actually in the description. Um, and he wanted me to let people know that this is not just for people who are fluent in Spanish, uh, if you are conversational or you want to work on it, it's really just, you know, the, the kind of the main thing is like, could you get your through like an interview at the end of a restreamed race in Spanish? And if you can, they would love to have you as part of the community and uh, restream you, you know, on their channels and, and all of that. So I think that's wonderful. Uh, a couple of details about this tournament. Um, they're going to start with four asyncs as a very like casual qualifier system for seedings, and then uh, groups with round robin and then a single elimination bracket. Asyncs start on the 17th of May, and the group stages start on the 14th of June. So again, we're going to have links in the description. Thank you to Madcap for letting us know about that, and uh, we will check back in and, and see uh, how they're doing once they get going. Heck yeah. yeah, sounds I'll, nice. I'll I'll have to get my uh, my daughter over like the next year to learn Spanish along with English, oh, and then she can be my translator, and then I can start entering these tournaments because I <laughs> I don't know any Spanish at all, so uh, it would it would not be fair uh, for anybody for me to enter that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, in a different life, I could have done this. I, I took three years of Spanish in high school and then one like kind of crappy course in college where no one really cared about anything. And I was pretty good, but that was, I mean, a, a, as you probably can guess, a very, very long time ago if it was high school. So I have not retained very much of that vocabulary. Uh, but I do enjoy, you know, whenever something is in Spanish, trying to pick out the words that I remember and translate a little bit here and there. Not enough to be conversational, but enough to maybe like pick up a little bit. So, but yeah, that's awesome, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to seeing how they how they make out when they get started. Um, all right, uh, GMP community updates, and we have a pretty big one to start. It's big. It's big. This is big. So this is the official announcement for the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament 2021. It is being announced. And not only that, but you can sign up right now. As you listen to this episode, signups have started. So they're going to be open for two weeks. So you have from the day this episode comes out until the next episode comes out. And the way this works, just as it did last time, if you are interested in being a racer, go ahead and submit your application. Um, It's just a quick form with a couple of questions for you about past experience and things like that. Uh, And we will take all of the names that we get and look through them as an admin team uh, and make sure that you are kind of in the right skill area to do this tournament. You can be very, very green or you can be somewhat intermediate, but we're just going through and looking at people who are, you know, maybe a little too advanced to be in this tournament and kind of filtering them out. And the goal is to have 48 or maybe 64 uh, racers, depending on the demand. Um, so we're going to you know, cut it down to either 48 or 64, depending on how many people apply. That will give us our racers. If you're interested in mentoring, use the same form. Go ahead and sign up. Same thing with calming, uh, tracking, restreaming. This is a chance for people to learn how to do all of those things. So if you have any interest in any of that, go ahead and, uh, go ahead and, and uh, sign up there. 
Uh, so a few things that you need to know about the Mentor Tournament, just a very quick kind of elevator pitch for it. It is a 1v1 ALTTPR racing competition specifically for beginner and intermediate racers who want to improve their rando game. So during every race, both competitors will be guided by their own personal mentor from the community during that race who will help them through the race by offering up suggestions and advice. So that's how it works. Um, so some dates you need to know. Uh, again, signups start today. They'll be open for two weeks. In either that following weekend, that May 30th weekend, or the weekend after, we're still working on details. We're going to have our exhibition kickoff race where uh, Dancy and I are going to be on comms. And what we're doing this year is we're going to have, we've invited four high-performing MT20 alumni to come back and have a four-way race. Schuppel, Vortex of Doom, Leoria, and Dapper Wormman, who you may also know as Fred, a.k.a. Durf, from last year. Um, so all four of these runners have improved uh, drastically. We're already good, don't get me wrong, but like are, are performing very well um, in, in tournament settings and ladder and stuff like that. So we thought it'd be cool to kind of invite them back and show what's possible, you know, when you... Uh, are in the mentor tournament you play on a consistent basis and and strive to get better this is like the kind of thing that, that can happen for you um all right and then june 6th is when the swiss rounds start we're going to do another swiss um we're also doing uh one async seed that we're asking everybody to play before the tournament starts i thought it was and this will two. help us to, um the amount of asyncs to be determined <laughs> we will figure that out it's gonna be I thought no it was gonna more be one. No more than two, yeah. maybe just one, but uh, basically it's an idea of we want you to play it as an async, not stream it, um, play it alone, obviously, and uh, submit the in-game time. And that way uh, your the mentors can also have a way of knowing roundabout what your skill level is. In addition to that, it'll help us with um, some potential seeding, we'll call it. Uh, for just week one of challenge instead of it being randomized because we did notice last time we did have some instances where the randomized button did manage to put a lot of the higher the higher skilled runners against each other in week one and not saying yeah. that's what we want to ha you know we're, we're trying to make people who are bad lose but just to kind of make sure you end up out of the swiss stage into the correct bracket so, you know, you feel competitive and having a chance to win. Um, that's that's what the goal is here, I think. So that way, mm -hmm. that way we'll have that. And then, you know, it'll be good times. Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of on that note, uh, I am excited to say I think we have a great admin team put together. We have all the admins from last year, plus Malmo, who was, you know, kind of my co-admin for the OWGMT. So we're very excited to have her on. We've already had several planning meetings, um, and we're looking at things that happened last year and making sure that we correct them if they were issues. So I'm really excited about, like, we're running a real tight ship this year. Um, also, on that note, I should mention we are going to institute a 10-minute delay for all races. It's another thing you're going to have to kind of figure out. In but, the bracket. I mean, yeah, it, in the bracket. Sorry, we're not going to do that for the mentored group section uh, because it's just going to be too difficult to mentor basically with that delay. But we are going to do that for brackets. But don't worry, we'll definitely make sure you know how to do it. And pretty much all other tournaments are requiring that anyway. So we're kind of preparing you, you know, in What's that way. To too. Come. So I, I, yeah, I think it's all good. 
Um, and then the last thing that I want to say about this year, uh, it's another edition. Um, after uh, signups close, the following week, we are going to have a Boots Camp for this mentor tournament. So we tried this with OWGMT. Malmo got it going. It was very wildly successful, well-liked for them. So we're going to scale it up. We're going to do it for the normal mentor tournament. This is one week of each night. We're going to have a different community member putting on like a uh, like a, a clinic, basically, uh, on some topic, like maybe like movement and, uh, you know, like the top 10 trick list that we came up with last year. Maybe one is like dungeon routing. One is bosses, you know. That sort of thing. So we're going to have one of those a night in uh, during that week. Uh, and it's open attendance. Anyone who wants to come uh, and ask questions of the person while they're doing it is more than welcome. We'll, of course, save the VODs to these with the chat uh, included so that people can watch it back if they're not able to join us in real time. But we're just going to spend a week just, like, improving. Everyone's just going to, like, get the basics, um, maybe, like, get to know a mentor and, and decide if you want to pair up with them going forward. Uh, so yeah, we're really excited about this bootcamp thing. I think it's going to be a, a fun energy, really beneficial for everyone. And then after that Swiss starts and then we're, we're into the tournament. So I think that's everything you need to know at this time. Uh, I, of course, you know, join the discord, definitely, um, uh, join our mentor tournament pings role, which you can do in our bot role assignments uh, channel of our Discord. That way, you know, we'll be using that ping whenever there's updates of, of any nature for this. So go ahead and sign up for that if you're interested. Sign up for the tournament, either as a racer, a mentor, or volunteer. And uh, stay tuned for more details. Anything else about this? Uh, I think the changes, you know, this year are good. And um, I think, we, you know, we've, every year we've learned something to improve upon it. I do hope that the delay isn't going to, you know... Uh, dissuade anybody from entering it's really not hard to set up if you know once you get to brackets so don't don't sweat that like tim was saying you know we'll we'll show you how to do it but this is all because some had to ruin it for everybody else um but anyway we'll we lived and learned from that too (laughs) indeed yeah it's it's not so bad you'll you'll get it uh by the way i think we've said this you know before but like groups uh those will all be mentored matches so you will be paired up with somebody who will be kind of in your ear like your solid snake and they're your handler helping you out with the seed once we get to brackets all mentorship is over and you're kind of on your own uh they'll be cheering you on probably calming your restreams and things like that uh but that is the kind of the format that we're looking at just as a heads up for everybody um, but yeah, super excited. I know that we've already had quite a few people ask us about this in the main Discord and our Discord, and uh, it's happening. So go ahead and get your get your signups in. It's happening. It's happening. Cue the gif. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the you know the the Ron Paul gif that we're talking about. Hopefully, um, okay. Uh, biweekly seed. We just I need to talk about this seed. I didn't play it, but I, I, I read spoilers, it. so uh, I can okay. at least discuss a little bit with you on this. Good. Okay. Cause I, I'm just dying to know what you would have done as like a higher tier runner. Cause I was absolutely stumped. It was, it was a puzzle. <clears throat> so basically what it came down to is, uh, everything was checked looking for gloves, uh, and, uh, nothing came up. So it was like a glove hunt. Finally, it came down to Zora and it was like, what does Zora have? It has to be the gloves, but all that we had, or all that I had at least was 150 rupees and uh flippers so what do you do to make money in that situation because i couldn't hula hand well because i couldn't i couldn't do the one down escape uh i couldn't you know fake flip or couldn't do the one that uses the flippers because i had the flippers 
so yeah, like I, I didn't know what to do. I eventually ended up going to Kakariko to blind uh, hideout and getting 30 rupees from there over and over. And it took forever. That was not the right thing to do. What, what would you have done in that situation? So wait, was the play to actually do Aga or was it do Zora? To do Zora. Okay. So, um, because then I, Zora gave you the gloves and then I think from then on out it, you, you um, found your dark world access and the moon pearl and all that. I'm obviously a little skewed by knowing this, but my question instantly is going to be, do you know what your tree, your tree pools were and what your bush crabs were? Yeah, I believe I checked tree crab and bush pool and none of them were a bunch of money. Um, okay. the one thing I didn't check that I thought of later was a fish. So I don't know, maybe that was something. Um, yeah, the fish would be kind of weird to do over and over yeah. like you would only do that in maybe a spoiler type scenario um mm. so if you only had like a hundred and some bucks uh did you dip eastern did you have bow uh so that was definitely a thing that i could have done i did not have bow i don't believe uh but i forgot about the eastern rupee room that that is definitely something i could have done even then depending on the key layout that's not something it, it would it would be a big time investment um that's that's an option no one really does the Hulahan play at the start of open or standard or whatever. Right. Uh, I, I wished I would have, but like, yeah, by the time I got the flippers and the gloves never showed up, it was too late, you know. Uh, honestly, it's kind of like, th- this kind of goes back to what we've seen in some of the tournaments, like the tournament races, which is uh, being rewarded for a statistically bad play. And mm. that's that's kind of what Rando's about, like, at that situation, given what you've told me about the rupee count and what the prize packs are, I'm doing Aga just because I'm going to be moving forward. Plus, I know with, with my ability, I can get into pod, and even if it is bow locked, and I can you know mimic clip or bottle whatever, and then I can get money in the back if I need to get to Zora later. Most likely, though, depending on how much I've cleared, uh, Zora's probably going to be very late. <laughs> Um, if there's yeah. major progression there like that, you know, I, I am no smoke. I, I would not know to go right back, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it there might it's not tough. have been, uh, there might not have been lantern to try to do Aga. I mean, you could have probably <laughs> made oh, your way through it. But. So if there's, okay, I assume there was, there was lamp. So if there's no lamp, so. then what I'm doing is I'm walking into blinds hut for 30 bucks a thousand times. Um, yeah. So at that point, I know because and in, in that's the case. If there is no lamp, I know for a fact something's at Zora. But it, no, it was that was the situation. It was like there. I had done absolutely everything I could do or even sequence. Did you have to boots? Do. No. I don't think there's a couple of Hulahan setups with boots. But um, like hmm. if you have. No, I, I straight up, Dante, I paused the game and opened up the, the Hulahan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just tell me what to do. Like, this is crazy. We ginned a, um, a good one yeah. then. All right. Yeah, it was wild. But it was, yeah, it was fun also at the same time. It was like, do I seriously just have to go down to this man's basement like 13 times or something like that? And yeah, it's, yeah, it was wild. It, it was it was a crazy scene. Did you at least talk but to him? La- tell him? No, tell him thank no you. I never got a chance. Oh. No, I just walked by without a word. Uh, I didn't even make eye contact if I can help it. Uh, the one thing that occurred to me after I was done, though, is would CAC well maybe be faster if you know you're going to have to do like 10 to 12 of these? Because it gives you less rupees, but it's faster in and out to check. What do you think? Uh, time it. 
Because there's 20 rupees in there, right? Yeah, I, you would just have to time it, which I have not done. But uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Did, did you have any stun things? Like, because stun prize is also a thing. Um, mm, I don't recall if yeah. I was able to that's just, stun. That's that just point. a really bad luck yeah. type thing. So uh, Sounds pretty it awful. Was. Kudos to it those was. who played it, but um, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a mean one. Um, okay, and then for episode 73, I think it's pretty clear what we have to do with this one today. We're going to be talking about key sanity, so it's got to be a key sanity seed. Yay! Yay. Easy. All right, so we are talking about key sanity. Let's go ahead and start. Okay, so the episode topic for today, we kind of went back and forth a little bit about is this an episode about key logic, just kind of on its own by itself, or is can we go ahead and call this a key sanity episode? And the truth is really more of the former, but we're going to call this one key sanity because number one, we're going to talk a little bit about key sanity specifically to set this up. But number two, a lot of this key logic information that we're going to go over it's really only helpful or it's most helpful in key sanity or key sanity plus other type modes. It's, you know, that's when it kind of matters the most when, you know, what checks you can get with what number of keys and what kind of decisions you might have to make depending on how many keys you have at the beginning of a dungeon um, and, and things like that. So we're mostly talking about key sanity, but uh, Dante will throw in some mentions maybe here and there of some entrance specific kind of key logic, which is totally different. Um, we might mention some things that are just normal key logic, even in like an open kind of setting. Uh, so we're calling this one our key sanity episode, but if you're interested in learning things about key logic in general or, you know, uh, specifically, then I think you're, you'll, you'll enjoy this one. All right. So, like I said, just a brief explainer of kind of what key sanity is. So it's just like an open, you know, if you think of like an open 7-7 defeat cannon, key sanity is another type of mode. So uh, the big difference here is that dungeon items, which are small keys, big keys, maps, and compasses, are not tied to their respective dungeons when things are shuffled, and instead they're shuffled throughout the world. So normally the map compass key small keys and big key are they stay local in whatever dungeon they're in and you're kind of doing a little mini puzzle every time you go into that dungeon to solve the key logic there and make your way through uh with key sanity we've taken all of those dungeon items and we've spread them around the world so that you might get you know you know you might get a misery mire small key in uh, the dam, you know, like it could just be anywhere. And same thing with the compasses and maps. So that changes the way it, it changes things uh, in, in a few ways. We'll get to that in a second. A couple other quick uh, differences I wanted to mention. Anytime you get a dungeon's map somewhere in the world, it will reveal to you what the prize is for that dungeon, whether it's pendant, crystal, red crystal, whatever. Um, you can't use the music when you walk into a dungeon to tell you because it's actually totally randomized because they want you, they like, you know, when they designed Key Sanity, they wanted that element of trying to gain knowledge through finding those maps. Um, the other thing is if you find a dungeon's compass, it will indicate once you get to that dungeon how many of those dungeon's items you've collected, which is helpful during the learning, but after that it's pretty useless. You know, your tracker will, will handle, and just like remembering, will handle all that info for you, um, so you won't have to be worried about that. Um, in, Canis, in Key Sanity, logically the map and compass must be obtainable, um, which could also mean that the boss has the item in question as well. So a boss of a dungeon could you know, still have their own, um, you know, their own compass or their own map. 
Uh, I want to pause real quick. Dante, you you put that in the uh, outline and I kind of moved it here, but I just wanted to check in with you real quick and make sure, you know, to clarify kind of what that note was, make sure I got that right. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it's it doesn't have any bearing on how you should okay. play the game. Uh, okay. I don't think any player in their right mind is going to be like, I'm not clearing this dungeon until I have the map and compass. But the way the game is coded... If you can beat that boss, then logically you can find, or the map and compass are available to you. And that also could mean that the boss of said dungeon has that item, whether it be the map or the compass. Like, that's totally a thing, because I've heard, I remember hearing a long time ago before that they were in logic, you know, they had to be obtainable before you could beat the dungeon, and then I got it on the boss and was like, what the heck, you know, someone lied to me. Well, that that's kind of the caveat, like... That that check is still available to you logically, so that's still there. Again, the only thing the maps are really good for, really, uh, you know, is knowing those dungeon prizes. So I would just never, you know, I, I wouldn't put a dungeon off just because I didn't have the map, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, I could see how if you had two dungeons left and didn't have the map for either one of them and you didn't know, like, okay, one of these is a crystal, one's a pendant, what am I going to do? Maybe you can use this knowledge about where a map could or couldn't be to your advantage in some way. Like, I'm just trying to think of a time when this could even factor in. It's, I don't really think it can. I'm going to be honest. I I put mm. it there because the way I researched all of this, uh, and I, I, I'm going to plug it now. I got to plug T-Sigma. Uh, for helping me out because I am awful at reading code and the way I was mm. structuring all of this stuff was based off the code. So Sigma spent a good chunk of time with me in a voice call. We were talking about how, like what the, like all the parameters of the code meant and then explaining to me how to read it uh, and basically answering a bunch of questions like, so I'm, if I'm reading this, it means this, right? And then, you know, he clarified yes or no or whatever. So big shout outs mm. to him. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just, the way we've kind of broke this down is based off of the coding. And that doesn't mean you should play exactly this way because by the coding, you know, we never rescue the old man until we have the lamp because it's out of logic. Mm -hmm. But this way with the coding, you can kind of know, I guess if you get something quote unquote out of logic, what that might be able to mean for you going forward through your seed, I guess is a good yeah. way to put it. Yeah, this is kind of is goes back to sphere chat, which we've done a couple times and, you know, talked about when you sequence break, knowing what your sequence break was and what that means for progression you may or may not be able to find in other places. It's just part of that puzzle, but it's a it's a very small, tiny little like edge piece of the puzzle in this situation. Mm -hmm. so. Um, one other thing about uh, Key Sanity that is different, your pause screen is going to change up a little bit, and you have an indicator of how many small keys you have for each dungeon and whether or not you have the big keys. So that can be helpful, especially if you're kind of not sure about your tracker, you think you might have missed something, you know, a quick pause should show you what you need to know, because there is a lot to, to keep track of. Um, there's this part that says HCAT at the beginning, and that like confused me for the longest time. HC is Hyrule Castle. That's like escape, and it'll tell you if you have your small key for that or not. And then AT is Aghanim's Tower, and that's telling you the two keys for that, whether you have them or not. So, And then after that, it's like uh, Light World 1, Light World 2, 3, and then D1, 2, through 7. So uh, that is 
telling you where, where all those keys are. All right, so how does playing in key sanity, how do these changes that we just went over change up your play? Because you know, obviously you're gonna have to approach the game differently with these kind of things in mind. So uh, right off the bat, I, I think the main thing that sticks out to me is that your number of required progression items has kind of gone up considerably, or at least your searching for them has gone up. Because anytime there's like, you know, a big key that's locked behind three small key doors, you need to go account for those three small keys in order to be able to get back to that boss and get your prize or whatever. So there's a lot more things to find that you need to beat the game. Um, and I think because of that, generally, people are probably more thorough when they're playing Key Sanity because you really don't want to skip a, an essential small key that's going to give you a, a chance to check something a lot sooner if you have it. So I think, you know, checking is probably a little more thorough in general when you're playing keys. Um, obviously, some route, some dungeons need to be routed differently to avoid using keys unnecessarily. Dante and Herf are going to tell you about some situations where you could maybe use a key to get a check, or you could use a key to go kill a boss, and you probably want to know which of those you're committing to do. So you have to keep things like that in mind when you're playing through key sanity. Um, a, just a quick caveat, a lot of people... Uh, kind of can miss this if it's like your first time playing keys castle tower is now in play because there's two chests in there and those could have progression so you have to think about um Aghanim's tower castle tower whatever you want to call it uh, and know that you might have to go in there to get some items even if it's not an aga seed um the ganon's tower big key hunt as we know it running around ganon's tower that is no longer a thing because that ganon's tower big key well i guess technically it's a it's bigger hunt, hunt. It's a much bigger hunt. Yeah, the the uh, hunting grounds are everywhere pretty much now for this thing. Um, so, you know, you get to Ganon's Tower, you just, you know, if you're in go mode, you just zoom straight to the back. And that's that's pretty cool. Um, many dungeons now have partial clearability depending on how many small keys you have. So, you know, pod is, is a, you know, infamous example. You're going to have to keep track of the pod small keys that you're finding throughout your seed and that's going to inform like how deep into pod you can get. And you might have a forced double dip where first you need to go in and use one key and get an item, go out, do something else, make good on that item, come back and then finish pod with the new items that you have, hopefully with more small keys when you come back this time. So I think that's the main thing that you really, you know, the great players in Key Sanity, they already know this, like they have it memorized they can make you know they can they can make sense of that and play the seed knowing okay my small key count for this needs to be this that's the kind of thing i think that we're mainly getting at talking about today so that we can help you if you're interested in key sanity if you've never played it before if you want to try to get better at it can maybe use some of this information to to help you out all right uh, so with that, um, let's start with, we're going to go by each, uh, go through each dungeon, basically, um, dungeon by dungeon and talk about kind of the key situation for each one. Some of these are going to be super quick and there's nothing to talk about because there's no keys or whatever. Some of them are <laughs> a lot more complicated, but we're just going to do it kind of, you know, uh, in plot order, I guess you could say. Uh, and so we'll start with escape. So Herf, take it away. Tell us about the key situation in escape. Uh, one thing I want to quickly mention before we start this, uh, it's probably pretty obvious to everyone, and uh, did we mention it before? I don't think we mentioned it before, but uh, we're only talking about keys that are in chests in a dungeon, yes. usually. So yes. keys that are under pots or on enemies, they're generally still where they normally are on that enemy or under that pot. 
it uh it, it's a bit it's a little bit uh, dependent on which mode you play i know there's you know pot shuffle in some entrance modes and then door rando and whatever but in general we're talking about the small keys that you find in the chests in the dungeons so that's that's what the key count refers to when we're talking about key counts everything yes. uh, every other small key in the dungeon is still where it normally is good point yes definitely All right. So uh, we, we're starting with uh, escape. We've got one small key in escape, uh, eight checks in total. Uh, first of all, the big key will always be on the ball and chain guard. So that's one big key you don't have to look for in the world because that would be a little bit ridiculous to, you know, make you immediately look for that. Um, yeah. it's, it's also important to not confuse the small key with the castle tower key, a.k.a. the Aga tower key. Those are different. They're you know they they're in the same building more or less, but uh, they they still count for different dungeons and for different keys and everything. And yep. uh, in general, you can probably circumvent this uh, small key with the gloves because you can get uh, to the back of escape via the graveyard, and you can check pretty much everything up to the locked door uh, at the dark cross from the front of escape if you really want to obviously you know it's it's going to be faster if you do have the small key and can make it all in one go either from the front or the back we don't technically need it to full clear everything in there yep awesome um, yeah it's all pretty straightforward yeah but, um, it, it is pretty straightforward start somewhere. Uh, yeah as is the eastern palace our next point uh we've got no small keys here uh there's six checks in total uh, there's only locked doors here where the keys are on enemies or in pots. Uh, you just, you know, as is almost always the case in key sanity, you can't forget about your big key because without the big key, which might be more or less anywhere, you can't get to the boss or open the big chest. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's uh, one thing I did want to mention up top i guess while we're still kind of early on is that's going to be the case of course for all of them i mean that sounds obvious but pretty much there's one item locked behind the big key of every single dungeon kind of as a given and that is the one in the big chest mm -hmm. and uh the good news is you know big key is not always needed to get to the boss there's several dungeons where where it's not um but yeah at, we we might forget to like specifically mention that so this is kind of like the general blanket mention that you're going to need the big key to get into the big chest of course mm -hmm. no of course exactly mm -hmm. of course of course and uh yeah also the most bosses are hidden behind big key doors uh argus uh argus doesn't have a big key door but you need through to go through a big key door to get to him uh who's the boss who doesn't have a big key door um Mothula? oh yeah yep. that's right Yep, yep. And exactly. Argus, so, those two. Uh, yeah, they, the, Argus, you still need a big key to even get there, but Mafia, you can get there as long as you can get to the back. So that's the, the one dungeon where the big key might not be as important. As we said, you still need it to get into the big chest. So never count it out, especially Skullwoods. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on uh, in Desert. Desert Palace has one small key, six checks in total. Uh, we've got some uh, an, an interesting key logic point here in our outline, which is not specific to key sanity. It's uh, just you know a general key logic, whatever mode you're playing. Uh, if the small key in here is on the torch, uh, regardless of the big key location, the boots are logically required to beat the dungeon. Yep. So this would mean in a seed where desert is a crystal and the small key was on the torch. Uh, and the big key was in the back room, 
the boots cannot be in GT because the game expects you to already have those boots to get that small key. This is wild. Um, so Dante, this is something that you, I guess, found this kind of like through the code, this caveat. Well, yeah, it's, it's the way it's coded is for you to do the stupidest thing you can possibly do with your keys. So <laughs> yeah. if you were to go into the back of desert and get that small key from the pot and waste it, then logically the game is not unbeatable. You can still do it, but you're going to have a bad day. You know, if if you do that most times, especially in non-key sanity modes, sometimes in key sanity modes, I can see where people might give that a shot and see what happens and maybe save scum it, um, you know, if they've saved recently. But the uh, I just don't think it's uh, it's definitely not a smart play otherwise. But the way I understood it was that an item would have to be on the torch. It's kind of unclear mm-hmm. to me, at least. Uh, about maps and compasses on the torch. But so, like, if a big 20 is on the torch, then that means boots... Like, for for me, in my mind, that means boots could be in GT at that point if you don't have them. But if a small key is there, then I know 100% for sure there's zero chance I'm finding boots in Ganon's tower. So, you know, if, if, like you get to GT with no boots and you see the big keys on the torch, there's like zero point in continuing on with the way I understand it. Yeah, that's really smart. I like that a lot. And also maybe, you know, even if you are in go mode and there's nothing on the torch in GT, you just know not to waste your time, you know, checking chests, maybe trying to find boots because mm-hmm. you know that they're out in the world somewhere. Yeah, you, know? you just bail and go yeah. start checking other places. Yeah, that's really smart. I like that a lot. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I was wondering, because I don't play a ton of key sanity, but is key stealing in desert more or less viable in key sanity, or is it still a bad idea even in keys? The more complicated your mode gets, probably the more viable it can be. Uh, I would gotcha. always suggest saving beforehand so you can scum it. Like, uh, there was, for instance, I had a, a cross keys. Now, we're not talking about entrance too much today. There's a couple of dungeons that have differences uh, in entrance modes based on your item layout. Um, but we, I haven't dove into that code yet, so we ha- we're not going to get into those in detail. But uh, that being said, like, cross keys for sure is if I find the back of desert, I'm going to get that key, and that way I've got it, just in case I decide I want to check right side desert. And I remember having a race one time where I did that. I got a fire rod. So mm. I was like, I need this for Turtle Rock and Skull Woods. They were both crystals. So I thought, well, there's no point in scumming this. Um, let's let's keep it. And then the, the small key was actually my go mode, and it was top of GT. So it was oh, wow. kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Just That's wild. Crazy how it works out that way. It, it just, it, it's saying it's more or less viable it's honestly relevant to your mileage may vary greatly you know obviously it's a terrible play if it's not what you needed if if it's something you need i would say obviously uh, honestly it is a bad play always uh if you are not confident in your ability to try and piece back that logic of where you can find the desert yeah. key from what you found uh that's yeah i think i would drown in that sea it, it, I, I like yeah. trying to remember. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's it's very hard to keep track of. 
Yeah, especially if you get to the point where, like my situation, where that desert small is your remaining go mode item. You know, if it's an hour yeah. later, it's it's a little hard to think about. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's continue on with our our dungeon tour. All right. So uh, continuing on to Hera, we've got one small key, six checks in here. Uh, we all know the small key in Hera. It is one small key, which only opens up the one check in the basement. Uh, you do need the big key for the big chest once again, and technically to ascend the tower. There is, of course, Hera Pot, which we all know and I think is a pretty common thing to do these days. Uh, so you can, you know, depending always with the caveat that you might not be able to check the big chest, uh, you can pretty much skip the big key if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hera Pot is an important glitch, but I think it's one of those that becomes elevated quite a bit when you're playing Key Sanity. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean... It, it, it as always depends on what's in that big chest right yeah so right but yeah it's one of those it's it it reclassifies itself into a glitch that lets you skip progression mm-hmm. you know yeah so, for sure yeah, for it's sure huge yeah all right good <clears throat> moving on to castle tower or uh, aga tower uh, as we also know it there's two small keys for this and only two checks uh do not forget about these two chests we were talking about it earlier uh aga tower is one of those places if you're not used to playing key sanity or watching key sanity and you're kind of new to the mode it uh it can really stump you because when do you ever go into aga tower without actually wanting to kill aga yeah, and yeah. key sanity, that is totally a thing that could happen. Yep. Uh, you do need uh, zero keys for the first check, but you need one key and a lamp to logically check the second uh, check in the castle tower. It is, uh, well, as all dark rooms, it is doable without a lamp. I personally wouldn't do it, but that doesn't mean people haven't done it. I can. I'm thinking of a situation where there is a lamp in that first chest uh, that opens up the second chest, and then the oh. second chest is yeah. like your like moon pearl or something crazy like that. I mean, that would be crazy, but it could theoretically happen, I guess. Yeah, definitely wild. All right, wild. And now uh, we've got one that's a little bit bigger, a good old Palace of Darkness. We've got uh, six small keys. Uh, usually, people call this, you know. Uh, we, we, we've all talked about this. Oh, the front of pod always has only small keys, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this time, those small keys are scattered pretty much everywhere. We've got 14 checks in total. Uh, the pod key logic is notoriously messy, even more so in key sanity. I don't think anyone is really all that surprised by that. Yeah. Um, the keys required to access each check. Uh, I think Dante provided this handy, a handy list here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it starts out with the shooter room and only says smilers. Uh, I, 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 you <laughs> know, I think that means like it's you, it's good. You can just get it. It's just yeah, there. Okay. You walk into pods, you've got a free check. Yeah, you pretty smilers. much just get it. Uh, then the big key chest, which is uh, right in the front, more or less. Uh, in key sanity, it's all you always need all six keys to to check this. Is that right? Yes. Okay, then uh, we've got the arena ledge and the map chest on the right side. You don't need any keys. Uh, you do need a bow, though, at least logically. I don't think you can really... I mean, you can hover over there to the one chest, right? Yeah, 
you could do that or you could, you know, mimic clip or you could uh, bottle glitch. You know, there's ways yeah. over there without a bow. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, reading the logic, trying to figure out, yeah. you know, if you found something. Yeah, there, of course. Yeah. We're, we're sticking to the logic, so to speak, here to, to make sense of this all. Uh, the next one is the arena, the bridge, and the Stalfos basement. You need one key with no hammer or bow, and you need zero keys if you do have a hammer and the bow, because you can just make it through, you know, the right side and walk more or less back there and get back there. Instead this of this is where I'm really thankful for key sanity trackers at mm-hmm. this point, usually yeah. to, to keep track of all this for me, because yeah, knowing even sometimes knowing that pod is partially checkable, like. If you have the hammer and bow, there's three things right there at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could be good for a dip if you have the mirror. But yeah, the, the tracker is is so crucial in key sanity. If you're one of those people that thinks you can go without it and you want to try key sanity, you really should consider bringing one along. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Especially if you're new to it. After a while, it kind of, you know, warms its way into your mind and you kind of start to remember stuff a little better. But trackers are always helpful, I would say. Yeah. Now, so you mentioned the big key chest, key sanity, again, not like you have to have six keys, but logically it assumes you can get all six keys before you can open up whatever is in that big key chest. Mm-hmm. And again, the reason is because like Dante said earlier, the game is accounting for you doing the dumbest things possible, going around and opening every single small key door first before you get to that one. So the big key chest uh, assumes that you have all six keys in order to open it. And the harmless hellway is the same thing. It also assumes that you have all six keys before you can get back there. Doesn't mean that you have to have six keys to get it. It just means logically that's what's in there. Thinks that you can get them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think especially with harmless hellway, that's a good example where even if you don't know anything about key sanity, it kind of makes sense to you if you're only used to open because harmless hellway is one of those places where you can get a key for a key where you unlock the door or sometimes you just, you know, you don't even bother just because you know it from your key count, you unlock the door and then you open the chest and it's another small key. And so you're like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, this room was theoretically in logic, but nobody would ever need to check it really. Right. And so in, in key sanity, it just, you know, it's kind of the same way. It just assumes that if you're going to go in here, it's you have all the keys to this dungeon and you're using them in the most idiotic way possible and or in the most wasteful way possible yeah now, gentlemen correct me if i'm wrong does that mean that you can never find a pod small key in these locations uh incorrect so okay the same the same logic about the maps and the compasses showing up on the boss can apply here uh it's it's a caveat where if and only if a pod key is there. Uh, it would be a situation of there's five. You only need five keys to get that. Um, mm-hmm. Gotcha. The thought of that is you can. The game allows you in 100% uh, inventory and not 100% locations mode. Uh, you're it, it allows for keys to lock themselves. Uh, that's mm-hmm. you know like non-essential keys because then at that point. If you've done everything, every, you know everything the dumbest way possible, uh, you know, and you can't use that key to open that, then uh, you know, uh, it, it it's in, it's inconsequential to you. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what else about pod? 
Yeah, uh, we've got the two dark basement chests and the compass chest. This is on the right side, the compass chest first with the first room where you meet the turtles. And uh, the dark basement chest, uh, the horseshoe room, as it's also called, I think. Uh, key sanity just assumes you will always have four keys. Uh, so you don't need all six for a change, but you need at the very least four keys to to logically get these chests. Of course, as we've been saying all this time, you don't need to actually have four keys. It's just, you know, to help you remember how the logic itself thinks you're you're handling all of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then um, we've got the dark maze on the left side, top and bottom, and the big chest that you'll eventually get to as well. Uh, once again, Key Sanity assumes you'll you'll check this last and have used all your keys for all the possible doors. So it just assu uh, assumes or thinks you always have six keys once you check those. And for the boss, it of course also assumes you have all the small keys, you have a bow and a hammer because the game is always assuming that you beat every dungeon with every logical item that is needed to you know beat everything and you always full clear everything. So I would love to pause here. Yeah, just Dante, whatever you're about to say, I'm on pins and needles to hear it because I, I want to know how you just like all of this together. Like, what do you do with this information? Um, so what I was going to say was um, all of this stuff about the, the dark maze. There's a pipe dream out there, uh, a complete pipe dream that one day the logic will account for a chance to have a small key in the dark maze. Uh, it would require some unique hammer placements if that was a thing, meaning uh, the first thing would have to be that the hammer would have to be locked in that room. Like one chest would, one of the three chests there would have to be the hammer and one would have to be the key. Um, oh, wow. But not really sure if that's ever going to work. Uh, right now, that's not like, I don't think that's a high priority list for the devs, but there's a pipe dream for that. I just wanted to put that in there. Um, so right now it could never happen because no. of the way that the code works, but you, technically that could be, it's a solvable seed or whatever. Um, there's, like I said, there's a dream where that could happen one day down the line gotcha. and then the, and then the key logic for pod changes slightly. But mm. for now in 2021, the world, we know it, uh, may, what is this? 12th. This comes out. Uh, it, there is no ever chance you're going to get a small key to pod in randomizer in the the maze um but okay so what 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 can we take away from pod kind of uh you kind of have to make an educated guess right a lot of times you'll see runners maybe have the hammer and not have the bow and they've got three keys well you can get more chests with three keys if you sequence break the right side and then use the hammer to get down and then you kind of do some stuff around the middle and the back. Uh, that way you don't open that front door. The The downside is you may have to make multiple right side trips, um, you know, with or without the bow. The And this is kind of the running theme with this topic. If you do something that's not logical, we'll say, uh, you know, let's say I've got four keys and I noticed by hammer yumping to the, the maze that I got a mirror. Well, I know for a fact there's not going to be any more pod keys behind a mirror. And what what does that mean for me? Well, maybe I'm maybe I get the big key and I'm out of pod keys and my go mode is one pod small. 
then what you could kind of wrap your brain around is do not do mirror checks because I got a mirror behind six pod smalls. Therefore, there can't be a seventh one back there, uh, like behind the mirror. Mm. So you can write off all of those checks. Like a really good one would be like if the mitts were back there and you needed a pod small for go mode. Uh, at that point, it's like, don't do anything mitts related. Like just, you can't do turtle rock. Don't go to Mire, you know, stuff like that. Like nothing's going to have a pod small that way. That's, that's kind of what you can learn from sequence breaking this stuff. Uh, you know, slightly. I mean, obviously if it's in the maze and you did it in the dark, you know, lamp's not going to be there either. And that's that's mainly why people sequence break. It's not to, I mean, it is try it is to go faster. But the way people actually make the whole going faster thing feasible is just we're not checking stuff just to check it. Uh, we want to obviously do it so we can have a tool if we need it that's there. And what can we learn from it, and how can we apply it to uh, solving the rest of the puzzle, so to speak? Yeah. Good stuff, man. That's that's really smart. I like that a lot. Tuesday Temp back again real quick. I just wanted to mention something while I was listening to this and editing that I wanted to make sure that we mentioned specifically. Uh, after Dante just said something super smart, I want to say something kind of basic for most people who have played Key Sanity before. So... Dante did mention Hammer Yump. That's another one of those glitches that in Key Sanity really kind of elevates itself because it can allow you to eliminate having to use a pod key. So the Hammer Yump is when you're on that long platform where the tiles fall down. There's a way you can set up a bomb jump before the tiles get to you where you clip onto that ledge with the big chest and then you can check what's there, you can bomb, and then you can go in and check the two in Dark Maze. Obviously that is a sequence break, but again, it can save you from having to use the pod key that would normally open up the dark maze uh so yeah again super obvious i just it's something we should have had in the outline to begin with and wanted to make sure that we mentioned it all right and let's get back to it cool okay let's uh keep it going swamp palace this one should not take very long at all no swamp palace <laughs> uh one small key nine checks in total i think the small uh the small key for swamp palace is probably the most famous or maybe most infamous uh, key sucks. Key sanity. Key. Uh, I think even if you don't really know much about key sanity, you probably know about this one because without it, you can't even really get into Swamp Palace. You needed to unlock the first door. Usually, you're guaranteed a small key once you kill those three little water walking bugs, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, this chest could have pretty much anything now. Uh, a good thing to remember as well is, you know, this chest could have some progression item, uh, even if you can't do the rest of Swamp, it might be worth checking on the off chance that something's there. But yep. uh, yeah, that's really the whole trick to, to Swamp Palace. You need a small key, you need to find that small key somewhere to get into the into the dungeon, and once that's done, you're you're pretty much good to go. Very straightforward, yeah, because all the other keys in Swamp are under pots and whatnot, and we've covered all that before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Awesome. Moving on to Skullwoods. We've got three small keys for Skullwoods, eight checks in total. Uh, Skullwoods small keys shouldn't slow you down because you should be able to check everything without them. And then it says, Dante, elaborate. <laughs> so, Dante, please elaborate. So Yeah, just make sure I don't miss anything obvious. All right. So, lo logically... Uh, you could do the middle of Skull Woods, um, 
and again, I'm going to ignore the pot key. We, we all know if you've played the game, there's a pot key on that middle left side. So I can go to the middle. I can check that one chest and then I can, you know, leave. Uh, I then could go in the front door and I could check that right side chest. Uh, if still no keys, then logically I could drop down left side, check the two chests over there. Um, or I'm sorry, at that point you could drop down left side and actually check all three. You could check the top, middle, and you know the right side Bumper as well. Room. Yeah, you mm-hmm. may not get out of there because you may not have a key, but you can check them. That's why they're in logic. So then at that point you need no keys to check everything that's in the front. In the mm-hmm. back you need uh, you do need the fire rod, obviously. Like you got to open the door. It's, we we don't we don't glitch in there. Um, but there, there it is three keys. For the back and that's a it's a fail safe to prevent the soft lock like doing the dumbest thing and it's only because there's a there's a there's a skullwoods like small key door okay on the left side and it, it bothers the crap out of me it bothered the crap out of me as a kid and i'm gonna rant about it for 30 seconds here why the heck is that thing <laughs> okay. locked you know it's just it's baiting you into going in it was like a jabated in 1991 we don't even <laughs> no one cares about what's in that room There's if you walk in there it's like this is stupid there's nothing here it's just a waste of time so therefore there's like to me in my head there's always an extra skull woods key and that's good because it makes things a lot smoother most times yeah it seems like having more keys just maybe gives you opportunities to route it more normally instead of if you have no keys, yes. that's fine. You can still do everything you need to do. You just need to be conscious about um, how you make your way around the dungeon so you mm-hmm. don't spend one of them or soft lock yourself. Yeah, the, the key sanity caveat is that what you could do is I've got zero Skullwoods keys. What's more important to me right now? Beating the balls, checking the items in the front. Obviously, if you don't have fire rod, checking the items in the front is probably your go to so what you could do is go to the middle check the middle chest walk over to the left side grab the pot key spin the key in the front and get through everything to get out so you don't have to save and quit the downside is you have to find at least one key minimum to get to the back now gotcha. logically it's like key stealing and, and skull woods yeah it, it, it's like that's that's like the desert thing you were talking earlier about stealing a key yeah. or whatever like a pot key but that one is actually very viable, very smart to do. Because mm-hmm. odds are, if you're not beating the boss right now, like you're going to find a Skullwoods key along the way. It may not be super convenient, but you're probably going to find one on the way. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Sweet. All right, now we are into Thieves Town. This one also is... is uh pretty simple herf do you want to do you want to hit us with this one yeah sure so thieves town as tim was saying one small key eight checks in total so this one has a little bit of information that does not only apply to key sanity but also to other modes so if the small key is locked in the big chest of uh, thieves town then the hammer is logically required to access uh, the attic or beat blind so uh, even if you personally, you know, don't need the small key, so to speak, uh, the logic itself still sees it as if the small key is locked in that big chest, then you are logically required to have the hammer. 
And uh, that's accounting for people that go open the door to the attic and then don't go up there and get the item. Yeah, order. exactly. Yeah. Once again, accounting for using your keys in the you know stupidest or most wasteful way possible in every dungeon. Yeah. Um, so however, some interesting yeah, like hammer info you could maybe use. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do have the small key but no hammer, then logically the hammer can be on or behind blind. So what that means is that if you get a progression item in the attic and or on blind, then uh, the hammer could still be behind that progression item. So say if you get the mirror, your uh, your hammer could still be in K45 or the graveyard ledger or whatever other ha- uh, mirror location you just unlock by finding that mirror. Uh, a big notice, like a big thing from a race a while back, uh, I think it was in like league playoffs one season. Uh, I know Weighty, it was Weighty Words versus Frame, and they were looking for Hammer Go Mode, and uh, Weighty did Pendant Thieves and got to the Maiden Cell, and no small key showed up, and he just bailed. And it, it made total sense mm. to do so because he read the logic well. And talk, like the whole the whole caveat with the, the small key, that's, a, that's one thing I've noticed a lot you know, speed gaming commentators really love to talk about that. And sometimes they mm. say the right thing and sometimes they don't. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, just, just know that like everyone panics when they see that small key, you know, and you don't have a hammer, but there's a chance that, you know, that hammer is going to show up in there or after there. So, you know, don't write it off just yet. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, now we're into some trickier ones here. Uh, next up is Ice Palace. Then we have Misery, Turtle Rock, and GT. We have about uh, 15 minutes of recording time to, to get through these. Do we think we can do it? I, I think we mm. can. I, I can bust through these. We, we've kind of talked about... <laughs> we've already... The basics of it. Yeah, yeah we've, we've talked about the... What does this mean? Um, you know, like about getting items. So the same logic's going to apply. So we don't have to talk about that means if you get the mirror here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, just same instance applies. So ice palace, um, pretty interesting place just because, uh, with the big key chest, uh, the map chest and the spike room, which are on the right side, uh, zero keys are required. If you have the hook shot, uh, and see, this is where reading the logic is kind of a, a pain in the butt because you don't know where the items are. If you've got a bunch of checks available, you, that hookshot might be available to you, but you're in Ice Palace now. So maybe you want a sequence break it. That would involve some bomb jumps. The zero keys rec- with the hookshot requirement is that caveat for the, the lesser seen room in 2021 with the little jellies, uh, that you usually, we used to hookshot across after we'd bomb jump. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we don't see that room as much anymore thanks to Icebreaker. But mm-hmm. that is, uh, that's where the hook shot comes in. Um, one key is required if you do not have the hook shot and you don't have the Ice Palace big key um, or the Ice Palace big key is in the right side, uh, which is kind of a, a fail safe. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to wrap your head around because uh, Ice Palace key logic is a little weird. Uh, yeah, I'm like barely hanging on right I, now. I'm barely hanging on to that one. Like with the code, it was it was abysmal to try and do this. Was, yeah. This was when the I think the voice call with Sigma started, uh, <laughs> just because of all the <laughs> the caveats in the code. Uh, but yeah, one key is required if you don't have the hookshot and it's on 
uh, and you don't have that Ice Palace big key, uh, or that Ice Palace big key is on the right side. And then um, the last thing to note here uh, with the right side stuff, as long as one small key is not accessible on the right side of ice, uh, and not counting that liftable rock key, for you know we're not talking about pots, uh, and the big key is on the right side, then uh, then yeah, it's it's just the like the one. Um, I I kind of typed that up terribly, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. It, yeah, this is all, uh, it's it's tough, but I, I think it's good knowledge. And I think people who need the info heard what they needed to hear, you know? Yeah, and it's it's complicated. The idea is there's not a lot you're going to glean from that. Just know that mm. it's safer to have the hook shot. It's just very, these very niche edge cases, you can decide, is this hook shot locked? Yes or no? Um and that's gotcha. Uh, so anyway, freezer chest. We're assuming you've got fire rider bombos and a sword, you know, in here to uh, melt things. So freezer chest, zero keys, big chest, zero keys. But you have to have that big key from somewhere. And then finally, boss is two keys, which is the maximum you can have, you know, from chests. And that is if you do not have Samaria. But if you do have Samaria, one key can be required to beat uh, Cold Stare. And that's because you would use the Samaria block to hold down the uh, the little button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why um, we... Just to quickly enter... Sorry. No, I was going to say, that's why we see sometimes a small key shows up on, like in non-key sanity modes most times. Uh, that's why we see the Ice Palace small show up on Cold Stare. And that's why you'll hear commentators or runners say, oh, it was Samaria locked. And that's what they mean. Gotcha. I, I just wanted to interject real quick and say I found a really neat resource when I was uh, doing some research for this outline. Um, there was a person named Sapphic Star. Unfortunately, this was made all the way back in 2017, so I can't really vouch that it's you know fully up to date. But it does a good job of showing you each dungeon and how many keys and kind of like if you have one key, you can do this. If you have two keys, you can do this. If you have three. So I think that's uh, maybe something helpful to look at. So, of course, you will have a link to that in the description. Uh, but I did want to shout that out. I think that could be a good resource to study if you are trying to improve your you know, keys logic. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, All right. Misery Meyer. Meyer's fun. Uh, not really. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's got weird caveats, too. So Meyer, big chest, big key. Makes sense, right? Um, yep. The spike chest is zero keys. Uh, this uh, I'll plug this. If you're playing Oko... Uh, one which is one hit KO, so like you can't take damage at all. Um, you are logically required for here to have Cape or Burna. Same thing would apply back in the Ice Palace Spike Room, but that is not the case for most normal modes. So the Key Sanity BWS we're going to play this week, uh, you know, Cape and Burna do not apply there. But yeah, zero keys for Spike Chest. Um, main lobby is that you know the big big room in Mire where you got to have the blue switches down. Uh, the main lobby, logically, is zero keys if you have the big key and one key if you do not have the big key. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because there's, like, this weird back way that you technically could go if you had to that, like, takes you through Fishbone. Yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's It's accounting for stuff that nobody is going to intentionally do. So yeah. the there's no nothing really to glean again from that. Um, 
compass chest and the big key chest left side. This is where the, the most common uh, Meyer thing is talked about. If the compass chest, the, the north chest for people like me who can't remember normally what that is, that's the top one. If yeah. that has a small key, the big key is 100% going to be in the cutscene chest, which is the vanilla big key chest. And honestly, this is this blew my mind during the research. That actually yeah. also still applies in key sanity. If there's an edge case where you get, you know, you open the chest in Misery Mire and a key sanity, and it says this is a small key to Misery Mire, then when you go do the the cutscene chest, it's gonna it's gonna be a big key, and it's gonna say this is the big key to this dungeon. So that's so weird. Yeah, like that's just the way it's coded. Again fail safe stuff but yeah that's a that's a super nice caveat there is the thing though for for newer runners saying oh well i just found a way to go faster in mire just keep in mind the big key can be in the vanilla big key chest with like a map or an item in that north chest the only telltale sign is if a small key is there it doesn't go the opposite way in any way shape or form just wow to clear that up um, big key is literally the only thing logically required to get to the boss. Uh, the small keys are technically not required because there is a way just to circumvent every single one of those doors. Um, yeah. So that's fun to know. And that's Meyer. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. Um, are you on the lookout for Meyer keys? Like if you're if you're just like playing key sanity and you find you get a Meyer key what does that tell you uh, what you like what you're able to do it tells me that my routing is going to be fun uh and by fun <laughs> i mean if you get at least one Meyer small the i like what you'll see most runners do instead of going right side first and then going left they're just going to go left first and then you're going to sweep the left side to the middle and then you can do all of the right side on the way to the ball so like if you have the big key and everything uh hmm. it, it allows for a more efficient full clear of Meyer. But other um, than that, can you come here without keys? Oh yeah. You could, um, okay. You could come here with no keys, get the pot key, check the two chests, right side, go left side, check the keys there, go, you know, flip the switch, get to the middle. And then you could, while the, the blue pegs are down, get to your big chest and to that right side chest, which I think One is the map. Yeah. yeah. And then mm -hmm. you don't have any more keys. So you can't go north and go through the door, but then you could go back to the left side and go in the portal, which is where the zero logical big keys or small keys come in uh, and get mm. straight to the boss. That's cool. Excellent. I I think I actually followed that, believe it or not. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Sweet. I, All right. I, I said it fast, yeah. so just slow slow the podcast down. I think most apps have a way of doing that, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll sound like I'm dragging. Uh, turtle, rock, turtle rock, turtle bow, as I like to call it. Uh, people make fun of me because I call it that. I'm just stupid. Um, chain chomps requires a key. Um, that's kind of a thing. Obviously you need at least one because then you got to go through the pokey room, kill the pokey, get the next key, move on. Um, there are three chests in the front. There's, I think it's compass over on the left side and, um, mm -hmm. the, there's the, the roller room as it's called. They require no keys. You just need fire rod or, you know, and cane, but we're not going to talk about the, uh, the lot like item requirements too heavily here unless they affect the keys. So after chain chomps is the big key chest. So <laughs> this is where it gets fun. So this could be either two, three or all four keys. 
And um, it, it's interesting in the sense of it's two keys if and only if this chest has the TR big key, as in if it's fully vanilla. Um, that could be for, you know, keys and non-key sanity mode. It's three keys, logically, if there's another TR key inside there. So again, it has to be one specific item for it to account for that. And that's, you know, so you don't get locked out of the back. And then uh, it's four keys if it's anything else except a TR key. So that's why you see most people, and because it's the more dense play, and hopefully you're you know able to clear the dungeon while you're there, but that's why you see runners skip that chest a lot in key sanity, even when maybe they're not in full-on go mode, and they just go to the back. They're, they're, they're just hoping, hoping and praying that yeah. that works. Um, big mm. chest on that right side, you know, you still got to do the little loop-de-loop on the bridge out front. Uh, that is always two keys. Crystal roller room, again, always two keys. Keep in mind with crystal roller, from here back, you have to have the big key because that door is in the way. Uh, then finally, there's laser bridge, which is three keys. And again, to account for the stupidity that, you know, we could do with our keys, uh, the boss is four keys. So, you know, you could come into TR with three keys and, uh, you know, find a find a key on laser bridge and then you can beat the dungeon. Mm. But if you want to beat the dungeon, basically, you need to account for three small keys at some point, like during the seed. Yeah. Like, you need to collect three TR keys or else you're not going to beat Trinex or yeah. whatever the boss is. If I've got the big, yeah. the big key and I've got three small keys and, of course, my required items, so both rods and a cane... What you would want to do is ideally uh, check everything in the front, check the stuff in the middle, kill the pokey on the left side to get the key, but do not go through the door. This is another yeah. key stealing opportunity. Steal the key off the pokey, walk back out, go check your big chest, you know, check your crystal roller, head to the back, be done. Um, you know, it it is not smart. Trust me when I say this from my own experience in a race, <laughs> no less. Do not. Check the middle chest, hoping to be a hero, unless yeah. it's literally <laughs> one of your last places, uh, because you will probably have a bad time, and that's that's that. I gotta yeah. say, uh, the code for TR is absolutely wild, just because um, it accounts for glitch logic. It accounts for uh, or two different types of glitching, I guess is a way of putting it, and it accounts for our normal logic. Uh, and that's just in the normal file. That's not in the uh, the like entrance mode. Turtle Rocking GT huh. are the big, the big big ones for entrance where things could be different. Just because there's multiple mm. entry or there's multiple entry points in TR and progression wise, you're more likely to find progression obviously in GT and entrance than you are in Key Sanity. Yeah, mm -hmm. that checks out. That makes sense. Um, finally. Ganon's Tower. You're doing great, Dante. I just want to. I just want to say you are doing such a good job. I'm learning a ton, and uh, I can't wait to hear you tell us about GT Key Logic. Well, GT Key Logic is kind of poopy anyway. Nobody, no one cares about this. All right, you just you yeah, check stuff yeah. and you find the big key. But we're gonna do it for the sake of doing it, honestly, <laughs> because I do find it really funny. So I'm gonna go through this really fast. Um, Torch, Dark Magician Room, which is the Stalfos Room with four chests. Hope Room, which has two chests, and Tile Room all require zero keys, logically. You can check all of those. Um, 
they obviously, you know, some require the cane. We won't, you know, and the hammer or the hook, stuff like that. We're, you know, bypassing that again. Um, map chest, which is the spinning fire bar room on left side under like what we call dark magician room or DM room. Um, that one has the caveat. It is two keys as the requirement. If it contains the big key to GT or another small key to GT, otherwise it's three keys. So in key sanity, it's probably a safe bet to say it requires three keys. Like in your head, it's a safe bet to say that it's not, doesn't mean it's hundred percent right though. Mm-hmm. That's kind of playing your odds. Fire snake room. Um, pretty much almost the exact same thing. Two keys. Uh, it's only two keys required if the GT big key is there. Not talking about a small key. Um, three keys are required if the big key is not here, though. So you need three to keep going forward. Randomizer yeah. room to continue going down left side. Uh, three keys are required if the GT big key is here again. Are you noticing a trend here? Um, <laughs> and then four keys are required if the big key is not there. So, so this is basically the programming just allowing for the possibility of like chasing keys through GT. Correct. Right. Yeah. Um, Does that like has that ever happened to you where you're like finding GT keys in GT in a mode where you actually care what's in GT? Um, I, I've only seen, you know, I've gotten like one or two maybe vanilla ish, yeah. like vanilla dungeon keys in GT in entrance. It, it doesn't happen too terribly often, but it does happen. I feel like it has a higher yeah. probability in entrance just because there's, um, you know, progressions more progression. Yeah. yeah. And there's more chest there. So it's more dense. There's, so anytime there's more density, there's more, obviously more opportunity to find what you're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. one caveat about randomizer room, if in non key sanity modes, and I, this would apply to key sanity too, but even in just open seven, seven, you're looking for the GT big key. You're sweating. Your opponent's about to hit dot done. You open the first chest of uh, the room, of randomizer room, or compass room on the right side, and you get a small key. What that? What does that mean? Well, that means that guaranteed in that room of four chests, you're going to get the big key, which is nice. Uh, that kind of that is nice. puts your mind at ease right then and there while you open the rest of the chest. The other caveat to that, it does not go the opposite way. If you get the big key, it doesn't mean another small key's in there. It's a possibility but doesn't mean that. Um, gotcha. doesn't work the other way around. Right. Compass room is uh, just e- exactly the same thing as randomizer room. We're jumping ship to the right side here. Uh, three keys required if the GT big key is there. Four if the big key is not there. Um, going down deeper, deep, deep into the basement. Uh, Bob's chest and the big key room, which is behind the ice armost, has three chests. Uh, three keys are what is required for that. Same thing applies for the big chest itself. Three keys and, of course, the big key. Um, last, Next to last, mini Helmosaur room that has two chests and the pre-Moldorum two chest uh, that's sitting there, you know, kind of with the pegs. It's three keys and obviously the big key. And finally, because of the way you could spend your keys, logically, the post-Moldorum two chest is four keys and the big key. Obviously, you need the big key to get upstairs. And that is Ganon's Tower. It's a hot mess. And honestly, it doesn't really benefit you in key sanity. Um, and it's different in entrance. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll get through that entrance code and we can talk about just, we can have a little mini blurb about Turtle Rock and GT uh, in entrance. 
Yeah. The, I think the headline, the kind of like takeaway for GT when you're playing keys is you could actually come in here with zero small keys. As long as you have your big key and you're like ready to beat the game or whatever, uh, you just go over to the left, get that uh, key that's under the pot, and then you can just make your way right up the tower. Make, be sure to kill that mini Helmosaur, get that other small key that you need, and you could just make your way all the way through. That's why Dante was saying this is—it's almost like this doesn't come up that often because in in a normal like key sanity seven-seven kind of situation, you're just going to blow right past all that basement stuff and march right up the top. Maybe you get that small key. You probably already have a Ganon's Tower small key if you played a whole seed at this point, mm -hmm. just you know uh, statistically. But even if you don't, you don't even need to worry about them because you can just grab that one and march right up there. Yep. So, cool. All right. Well, yeah, I think that does it. And we got it in just in time. So thank you so much <laughs> to Dante and T-Sigma6 for, you know, pouring through that code, giving this that info. Um, I think this is a good one. Yeah. Good Sweet. stuff. All right. Let's wrap it up. All right, so as always, email at GoModePodcast, at GoModePodcast on Twitter. We also have a Discord, especially if you're looking to get into mentor tournament stuff. I strongly encourage you to join the Discord, at least lurk, get that role for the MT ping setup um, so you get some more info. But that place is probably about to pop off because every mentor tournament season, it gets really active in there. It's really fun and exciting. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you can watch me. Play Rando occasionally at twitch.tv slash temp underscore. I've also been doing weekly music streams. Um, that is coming along very nicely. I am very excited for how that's been going so far. I'm really, really pushing. I don't think I've said this actually on the podcast, but I am pushing to get temp.msu completed by the end of the year. And if I continue at the pace that I'm on right now, that is definitely possible. So I'm, I'm trying to get it out. I, I think it's, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling motivated. I'm, I'm, making some good progress with it. If you want to watch me uh, write, I do it about once a week. Follow me, twitch.tv slash tip underscore. Um, I would love to see you there while I'm, while I'm working on it. Uh, Danty is at twitch.tv slash D-A-A-A-N-T-Y. Herf is at twitch.tv slash herfy derfy. Danty, tell us about something that you were into or maybe plug something that, that you want to plug. Um, I'm just going to brag on myself and make my head swell and ego and stuff. Uh, do it. Friday, uh, I was playing Dancy Box games and managed to get a hundred percent on a song uh, on a diff level like a level of difficulty that no one had done before uh, for Step Maniacs, which was pretty wild. Honestly, I I didn't think it was possible, and then it kind of felt feasible, so I kept trying, and it happened. It was like crazy. Um, uh, GGs. There's I, a great pop-off video too. Yeah. Just, by I, the way, I'll I'll link that in the description. That clip. It's great. I, I went a little bananas. Uh, <laughs> but um, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll link the video. It was it's pretty crazy. Just like, just to kind of very quickly say it, like it was a level 25, which on that mode right now the highest is 27, um, and no one's even gotten a 24 before. So uh, I kind of just skipped ahead and got a 25. So it was pretty dope. Um, it was, it was a good time. Good. It's like, it's like streets 112. Like you've never seen a 113 and you never will. It's, you've never <laughs> seen a 24. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Herf, what are you into these um, days? All right. Let's see if I can make this quick. First shout out, a returnal PS5 exclusive roguelike, mm. uh, third person shootery kind of thing. It's really great. I've put a lot of hours into it. I finished it. I've gotten the secret ending. I'll probably go back to get the rest of the unlocks. We'll see. 
Uh, second shout out, Resident Evil 8, which came out yesterday, and I pre-ordered it, and I played it from start to finish in one long 10-hour session, oh my God. which Amazing. I haven't done in ages. Holy crap. Uh, but wow. I finished it yesterday at like 10.30 p.m. after starting at like 11.30 a.m. yesterday. Was it worth God, it? You must be like haunted right now. Uh, it was, <laughs> For multiple it was fun. If you liked Resident Evil 7, you will probably really like this one. Uh, it was a little short. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it, it just felt a little short. I, I was hoping it had a little more meat to its bones, but it was a good game and it was fun and it played well and a recommendation for me. I gotta ask, wow. did you enjoy being stepped on by the lady that's like fifty feet tall? The tall girl. <laughs> you know, the one thing I can take I, I can take away from my playthrough is that I think the internet will be extremely mad and or disappointed with factually how little tall vampire boobies there are. Oh man. Because she's like one of four or f yeah, one of four like pre bosses before you face the final boss. And her section isn't that long. Dang. Interesting. Well, and it is long, but... Yeah. I just know the internet's <laughs> gone, like, bonkers, or, like, the thirst has been real. I guess quarantine didn't do people any good. You know, just like, oh, my God, the super tall lady. Uh, I mean, they've really been pushing her in the marketing as well. And I feel like, yeah. you know, after having played it, I feel like that was a smart move, as you can see, with all the thirst being displayed. But yep. it's not a very... A truthful move because she's like maybe i don't know 20 percent of the game and that's being generous hmm. well thanks for the heads up now i know not to play <laughs> <laughs> Got him. i didn't even realize that came out that's wild thanks for the thanks for the uh the breakdown there yeah um i'm, I'm not gonna provide a, a shout out uh just my music you know if you want to stop by I, i'd really appreciate it we're having a lot of fun um writing those out um, also, it's my brother-in-law's uh, wedding day, so we're going to be doing that later. So shout-outs yeah. to Ben. I uh, hope you have a wonderful marriage. Uh, looking forward to celebrating. Um, we did get one iTunes review. Somebody left us a, a five-star. They didn't leave a note, which is totally fine. So now we're up to 51. So if you want to be 52 like that band from the 80s and 90s, oh my God, then I'm now is your here. shot. Do it. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's fine. I'm out of here too. On behalf of my co host Dante and Herfy Durfee, my name is Tim. Let's go ahead and mirror out. Peace.